Ladies and future boys, welcome back to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that can age the vegetables in your refrigerator. My name is Toby DePola, and last week we discussed the fat issue of Batman the Cult, the first issue. Um, the 1988 story by Jim Starlin, with art by Bernie Wrightson and Bill Ray on the colours. So I can hopefully assume you heard last week's episode before jumping in here. If you are new here, though, let me introduce my people. We have Megan Chikatilo. Hello. Uh, we have White Collar. Uh, that's me. And we do not have a producer tonight, so best of luck here in this. Good luck to you. All right, let's jump into this criminally underrated story. Um, we start with book two, Capture. <coughs> I really like how this one starts. Uh, like, book one, it begins with Batman having a hallucination about killing a villain. Um, when he shakes it off, it looks at the, he looks at the body... Hmm. He looks at the bloody carnage around him and is like, wow, this ain't much better. Oh. Yeah. Um, a, a part of the fold now, the bat is part of the underworlders. Um... Uh, he's taking part in the execution of the criminals of Gotham, and we see how like desperate he is for real food. But he's uh, beaten like a dog in this scene for trying to eat other food. I don't know where he would get it. Yeah, he, it's just what in the building he's in. Oh. It's weird to see him getting like tortured and being obedient to just some hairy homeless dude. Um, you can see Batman almost piece things together here, but it's just out of reach. Um, like the torture and shit. Is it's just putting stuff on the tip of his tongue. Um, and before he can get far, he's given another job to do. Um, and I like that the rat face dude's out- outfit keeps changing between the panels in this. This one, he looks like a bellhop boy. Yeah, because, because oh, Batman's tripping so much, his outfit like changes all the time. It's great. What's that movie where there's a guy who kind of looks like a rat? Harry Potter. Oh, ew. Don't worry, then. <laughs> um, the rat dude is nuts, and Batman isn't exactly sane either right now. Oh, Good work, Kat. <laughs> Kat is intrigued. That's my head. Where are you going? No, not on me. Just sniffing. Yeah, he tried to get me. Rude. But he's still a nice boy. Nice boy. Someone at work went to another country, he reckons. The kernels on the corn are way bigger, but taste bad. Okay. And the kids will have big butts, but they're not for you. Yeah. Well, that's a damn shame. <laughs> um, Back to the cult. Yeah, the rat dude's nuts. And Back Bat- to the cult is a good name for a book. <laughs> Why the sequel to Jonestown. <laughs> Jonestown 2. Back to the cult. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's like the name of the next cult. Oh, okay. Also the name of this podcast, probably. Well, uh, um, yeah, the, the rat dude's crazy, and Batman isn't exactly sane either right now. So when they see a chubby old fella putting groceries into his car, they, they think he might be an evil pimp. He could have been. But it's it's so good of a... It's so weird to see Batman broken down like this. Like He's like uh, Sir Digby Chicken Caesar or something. That's a... Deep cut for Trey. <coughs> but. Hmm? <coughs> so, is there any proof that this man is not a cool pig? The fact that he's just a white boy doing groceries? Yeah. Sorry, they could have been groceries through those. Groceries. <coughs> <coughs> you oh, fucker. No. 
Ratboy stabs this dude, and a nearby policeman is like, hey, what the fuck's all this? Uh, the bat protects him by pummeling the rat guy. He also beats the shit out of the officer. He just kind of shuffles away in search of food. It's great. Um, while he's breaking into, like, dallies and just biting whole salamis, um, the police bring in Ratface, who spills the beans about the, this holy crusade they're on. Why? Uh, because they're like, hey, we'll put you in jail. And he's like, oh no, I live in the sewer. Then you're gonna be mad. Is that some bullshit? So the shitty people of Gotham are fine with Deacon's plan to get all the homeless people off the street and have the criminals put down. Especially with Batman joining the gang, it seems like, obviously, it's the right thing to be doing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, more of the news clips seen in The Dark Knight Returns throw some ex- explanations down while Robin and Gordon come up with a scheme to find Batman. Um, I, I don't like the exposition, like, the news person head just filling a white page. But I know it's coming from the Dark Knight Returns here. Especially when it's so fresh in everyone's mind. Recall it being in... Not so much of these ones, the other ones where it's just like their heads back and forth and Mm. all the things. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them in Spawn. Maybe. I mean, Spawn's a dark, gritty comic and it would definitely be inspired by that sort of stuff. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, I love the scene after we cut back from the news to see what Batman is up to here. All disheveled and living in Central Park, harassing picnickers for their eggs. Eggs! (laughs) He's running around getting them eggs. Eggs! Eggs! You know what's a way better quote than I'm Batman in every movie? It's eggs. Eggs! Yeah, could you just imagine saying that shit? Like, It'd be like a dandy on costume party. It'd be fucking awful. Imagine the first thing you hear Batman ever say is run away, and then while you're running, he yells, <laughs> Um, yeah, like this big beacon of hope and justice in Gotham, and he's just like tattered, just lying around in a bush, just yeah, feasting just on egg. I know, but it's so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I hate that level in Arkham City. I, I, I would like a day, I'll say. We're just we're just stealing picnic baskets it's like Yogi Bear. I like the Rugrats game where you have to go and like search for puzzle pieces, but it's Batman searching for egg. Yeah, where's my reptile puzzle? Where's my egg? <laughs> where's my egg? As he snaps out of it a little bit, you know, with the food, he admits that the Deacon broke him, which I like because it's five years before Bane. Any thoughts on that? Like, who do you think is like who broke him harder here? Um. Considering how like quickly he comes back, and also he had a replacement with Bane, mm. you could probably say this. He definitely didn't have a backup plan like he did with Bane. Well, That's there's cool. no one like out there doing shit. Like even Robin doesn't shop for ages in this book. Mm. Like he's already fucked before Robin's there to help. Yeah, she's pear shaped real when quick. Batman gets Baneified. Yeah. It's just like, excuse me, funny man, do you want to be nineties? And the guy goes. Do you want to be nice? Yeah. Um, with a little bit of sense back in him, Batman breaks into where the Deacon lives, and it's some like Omshin Rikio stuff yet again. While his people live on cabbages and slept in shanties, um, Shoko Asahara, the cult leader of that particular branch, had a sweet pad and feasted on whatever he wanted. Mostly melons for those playing at home. Want a little bit of trivia? 
Um, uh, if I was in charge of coal, I would not eat melons. Melons and eggs. Together in one. But yeah, it's very... <laughs> it's weird, because um, the Om Shinrikyo cult was, like, getting bad at the time of writing the cult, like the Batman book, but it would, it would be, like, four years before they did, like, full-on terrorist attacks that put them on the map. And it's weird, a lot of the stuff that the public probably wouldn't know yet that is already done in the cult. Like, it's very... It's well, very on model. It's good. Like, this book is obviously from America. Would yeah. they have even known about it much? I, they probably like, honestly wouldn't have cared. doing attacks. Like, I think in them days you might not have heard news from other countries that often. There, those sarin gas in subway bombs that they had organised would have been way worse than anything 9-11 could have ever been. But because they're all living off cabbages and two hours sleep, they fucked it up really bad. <laughs> Which is probably, you know, a good thing, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just weird how, um, not predicted it is, but it's it's obviously, like, one of the most researched comics we've ever seen. Yeah, either that or they just thought about what would I do. <laughs> what would I do if I went mad with power? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Joseph Blackfire's room is a similar setup to, um, Dom Shinrikyo one I mentioned. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's a nice little tidbit of information. I wonder if, um, like, Charles, Ma- Charles Manson would have had a nice pad set up he would have just been living in the dirt like all the other guys he does suck um but batman isn't himself quite yet uh he's not as stealthy as he thinks he's captured yet again and taken down to deacon's bathing chamber um so he can see um oh so the deacon can bathe in batman's blood um this is when White Collar's boy, Mr. Jason Todd, in full disguise, except for the Robin mask, sees this shit going down and starts to follow. He's ready to sort of, like, jump in. Yeah. Once she's dying. I think it took him a while. It's, it's all of under Gotham that he's searching. He just sees Batman getting dragged down an out like, one of the tunnels. He's like, oh, perfect. I just, I, just, I like that he's wearing the eye mask like he's the Incredibles in full disguise. It's like Bane shit. Um, meanwhile, the Deacon's full plan is coming together. The entire city council has been assassinated. Um, and the Deacon goes, oh, this organised crime thing is out of control. My organisation will step in until a new council can be assembled. How convenient. While Gordon gets the police records in Joseph Blackfire, uh, dating back centuries, which is weird, uh, we get the big ending of the issue. Our Batman, who is having just the shittiest story arc so far, is being marched through the sewers into a bathing room. Um, but for the long walk, has, it's cleared his head a little bit, and he snaps back into action. He kicks the shit out of a couple of these underworlders who are just, you know, underfed, underslept homeless people. So it's not his biggest task. Um, yeah, he dives into the water while the men try to shoot at him. And while he's underwater, like, the red comes out, which I think is pretty cool. Um, the second they look away, though, Jason Todd dives in after him. Um, he ends up going down a drop-off into just pure darkness. It's, it's so well done, this bit. Two pages of just pure black, with nothing but speech bubbles for company. Stan, um, Batman is snapped, like, just as bad as he did originally, and Jason is ignoring the rotting flesh smell to get to him. Standing on a soft, lumpy mass, he th- thinks at first is garbage. It's not, though, as they find themselves in the dumping grounds of every missing person that wasn't converted. 
It's a fucking horrible sight. Like, these 80s comics, like, art wasn't always the best. But going with a horror artist specifically for this was fucking such a spot-on choice. He lost his marbles. But if this was done by, like, any other genre of artist, it would never work as well. It's cool, too, you know, like, that Robert still doesn't have pants on. I know, but he's also going to be dead in a couple of weeks anyway. What does it matter? Alright, we enter book three, The Escape. Um, Meg, what do you think about book two? It was cool. I really liked the art. The art is... I really liked the colour of Duke. Yeah, we, we mentioned it on the last week's episode. It's very reminiscent of, like, the peak New 52 Batman stuff, where it's just either black... Or very fluorescent neon colours. It all stands together super well. Yeah. I wonder if they were inspired by this when they were doing that. <laughs> I like to think they were reading Prime Batman like this to get ready to sort of do it. Yeah. Um, so, book three, The Escape. Uh, same writing and artists and stuff, obviously. Um, this one opens with the deputy mayor assassinated by the Underworlders for supporting the police in the arrest of Deacon Blackfire. They're like, we're going to arrest that criminal. He's like, good. And they're like, hey, fuck you, buddy. And that's that. Although near the end of Batman's uh, recap of what's going on, he starts to lose it a bit. He sort of jump scares himself. Um, but Jason Todd Robin is there to slap him in the face. I love that panel. It's a nice reminder of the, um, the Batman slap meme from back in 2008. There's just a panel of Jason Todd smacking him in the face. And then there's an immediate panel of him just like looking like, oh... He's gonna get. He's like, I'm gonna get my shit beaten for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. It. It's. It's a. Um. It's a weird moment. Like. Like we said last week, this Batman is not the golden god, which is good. He's a man doing his best. Um. He has no big plan of escape. He just wants to skedaddle and worry about the specifics as they come. Which is like this is not Grant Morrison Batman. Which is always good. <coughs> no, this is mm. Yep. After a brief, quiet moment, Batman confides in Robin. Like they start walking together, and he just kind of like breaks down. He's like, "I was broken, drugged, starved, beaten. Blackfire broke the bat harder than Bane ever would in the future." Mm-hmm. Let the record show um, that this is definitely the moment over Bane, right? It needs to be stated again and again. This is I like this better than Nightfall. I think the only problem is um. It's also easy to read. It's not a massive commitment like Nightfall. Yeah, that's it. The is like not in anything else, especially like he's in a couple of things, but they're the shit era of comics. If you yeah. had been used more in this era when things were good, maybe it would have been more acknowledged than Bane. Yeah, like you'll never see a Deacon Blackfire one of one of your Arkham file yeah. trades because there's just nothing there. No. Um, yeah, I like that Batman can confess his fear and misery to Robin in this. Like, the, he's a supportive fucking friend in this. And it's, it's good on Todd. I like him in this one. Yeah. He's like, don't worry there, bud. We'll fuck him up. And Batman's like, but will we? Yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah. I've never seen Batman so hopeless and pessimistic before, like, ever. It's fucking kind of unsettling to read. He's, like, that's really true. shitty. He's, like, fucked in this one. But that's kind of, like, another thing of how he got broken 
Bane. He was never afraid of Bane. No. He's like, shit scared of this dude. The next scene of um, Dark Knight Returns style TV interviews actually was very helpful here. Because they talk about the mayor's death. And because Batman talking about it at the start of the issue um, was part of like a fucking horror nightmare and a jump scare, I wasn't sure if he had actually been killed yet. I was like, I don't know what's real or not anymore. Which is another piece of good writing because of how fucked Batman is. Um, from there we jump back to Gordon going through all the police records for Blackfire. We got armed robbery in 1921, bootlegging during the Prohibition. Might have been a hitman in the 30s. Did seven years prison in the 40s for attempted murder. He was convicted of mafia work in the 50s, dealing drugs in the 60s, guns in the 70s, and, like, vague computer things in the 80s because, you know, whatever. Um, And because all these are government files and not straight lies by some homeless dude telling stories, it kind of proves that maybe something's going on. What are your guys' thoughts on what the deal is? Because at this point, he's officially not just a lot. <laughs> like, it goes a little deeper. He can be a vampire. Well, that's good. We've had vampires before. Yeah. He could be... Just like... He could be like, um, Raish. Um, yeah, that was my theory. Yeah. Is, um... It's his brother. You could... You could... <laughs> So you could you could straight up say that the arrows that hit him in the original story weren't fatal, and that cave they put him in had like a little bit of Lazarus pit to it. Because we've seen how much of that's under Gotham, like especially in Batman Endgame. Yeah, um, Blackfire references all his criminal history. Um, in his nice little quarters in the sewers, he talks to a hairy fella about how he tried to control the people with crime, then with politics, but eventually realized that religion is the best way to make everyone's beliefs your beliefs. Um, it's a cool scene that has probably played out in our reality a few times. Um, yeah, it ties in well as it's followed with Robin finding the giant dick-shaped statue Batman saw in issue one. Meg remembers that one. Um, and it's only a meter fucking tall. Yep, religion, drugs, and suggestion made it seem a lot bigger to Batman, but it's not. Wow, that sounds like Riverdale. What? How? Sorry. <laughs> the third season? Yeah, there was a dude, um, and he was like, I think it, it was, I think it was drugging people to make it look like that they're dead relative was talking to them, but it was just somebody who looked like them. Mm. Yeah. And stuff like that to make them believe in the dude. Tricking people fun. into LSD hallucinations can always make your point seem a lot stronger. Yeah. A lot of cults do that. I watched a government experiment today, actually, oh. where they were testing what LSD did to, you know, civilians. So they gave a bunch to a housewife to, <laughs> to see how she went about her business. She is not sure what the fuck she's talking about at oh. any point. It's great. Oh, no. Um, how are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling... You know, it's cool. It's good. It's like... No, no, inside. She's like, inside? What? what? <laughs> inside what? My house? No, how do you feel inside? Are you sick? How are you doing? She's like, inside... What? <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually fucking really funny. Um... Inside. Yeah. What does your inside feel 
Technically, your bones is wet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like Gotham City wasn't fucked up enough, it's time to begin martial law as all the weapons are stolen from JC Payday's armory by the Underworlders. Um, immediately at this point, like shit's on. During Gordon's press announcement, he's sniped from a sewer grate. Poor old James has been through some serious shit in his career. I forgot he was shot in the chest in this. You should leave. His daughter was put in a wheelchair. He was traumatized in that same story. His son is a fucking tool bag. He's shot here. He's shot in the Officer Down story arc. His fucking wife is killed by the Joker during No Man's Land, and no one seems to remember that or talk about it. He had a mohawk in the New 52 and a heart attack due to years of smoking and a deal DC Comics made with the American Heart Association. Uh, mm. Tobacco so wacko and um, hurt Commissioner Gordon, you guys. Oh, no. Um, um, what was one you said that's... Well, he's been shot, his daughter was put in a wheelchair, his son sucks. Yeah, is he in old comics? Um, he has a son in Batman Year One and it was never touched until Jock and Scott Snyder's end run on Detective Comics. So we're talking like 879. <laughs> <coughs> um, yeah. So he's had a tough time. I feel bad for Gordon. Yeah. He did. He shouldn't. he do his best. he do his best. Um, while Jason Todd is leading Batman out of the sewer system, they stumble across Blackfire's, Blackfire's bloodbath. Um, like Elizabeth Bathory in the Chastity Bites movie, or Elizabeth Bathory in actual history, he believes bathing in blood is keeping him young. <coughs> Bathe in the warm cauldron of at once a moon circle and you'll live forever. Yeah, man. <laughs> Probably not. Um, and I can still keep my Lazarus Pit theory here. Um, yeah, we see in Batman Endgame that there are plenty of Lazarus hits under Gotham. Um, they said the Joker was using it, which annoyed me. A bit of it dripped into Batman's fractured skull, which cured his sadness, which I also didn't fucking like. He was, um, he's a happy boy. And then he had to go in the trauma machine to get himself back to normal. Oh, no. What if... As much as that sucks, it also holds my theory, though, what so it's okay. What if blood is what's in the Lazarus that's what la- that's what separates the DC universe from ours. His blood's like super good. Yeah. It has um. Ooze. It fills up your health bar. Fills up your health bar. You literally put blood in back into your health bar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I like that my theory works. Uh, Batman and Robin get caught watching the old man bathe, and Batman's big plan of escape is him going, "Oh, run for it." Yeah. Stealthy <laughs> as the night. He's a real tactical genius here. And he knows he's like full fucked here. And watching Robin carrying the team here makes him feel bad for for like being this sucky. And it also makes me feel bad knowing what Jason's Todd fate is that year. Yeah. Yeah, we we mentioned it last um last week, but if you missed that for some fucking weird reason. Uh the next story arc after this is Jason Todd's death. Um, yeah, he's busting ass in here, though, too. Like, he's doing good. He's blowing up tunnels, smashing dudes, protecting Batman. Like, eventually, the sheer number of cultists down there get to him, and he's just he just gets bomb-rushed. 
Um, this is what flips Batman out. He may go a little overboard here, but, you know, he beats the shit out of him and they manage to escape. Uh, Gotham City, Batman left when he entered the sewers, is gone now. It's a fucking ghost town. Robin suggests they go into, like, a, a bar nearby and call for Alfred, which I guess they don't have cell phones in this one, or communicators. But it's good, they go into the bar. Uh, have, you, have you read that bit yet? Yeah, it, oh no! Oh, yeah. let's party! Yeah, in, in, inside there's some cultists, and it's this nice, like, gritty '80s bar fight scene. Like, it's exactly what it is. You, you've known it if you've seen an '80s bar fight in a movie. Um, yeah. Well, while Robin calls Alfred, Batman is updated by those Dark Knight Returns news reporters that explain the plot to him. Uh, the lady tells us that there's a military siege on Gotham, and the and like it's a shit show. They all got ambushed in the sewers, like like Vietnam War style. And the military have decided to quarantine the city instead of going back in. Pussies. Gordon is down, and the city is pretty much homeless, no man's land, 11 years early. A lot of, like, a lot of um, Nightfall and No Man's Land could sort of be inspired by this. Maybe they will. I hope so. I like to think that this inspired other people, because it's a really good book. Um, yeah, I love the few panels of Batman, torn and dirty, just tossing a bar mug in his hand a little, just weighing it, and just plugging it through the fucking TV. <laughs> That's a good bit. I like, I like that he's frustrated and miserable, and kind of moping, and he broke the TV. Um, um, the beautiful little Alfred, he shows up to save his boys, and once safely in the car, he asks Batman, where, where are they going, what's the plan? And he's like, fuck this. <laughs> Let's get out of Gotham and never come back. At the final point of issue three, Batman is without any mental or physical strength to continue his his crusade. Um, with Batman broken here, I think it's a good place to ask. Um, do you think when Batman was in the Black in Blackfire's crusades back in issue, like the start of issue two, do you think he killed anybody? No, Batman would have. But he's yeah. he's there pummeling with them as well. Do you think he feels responsible for it? Probably. He's definitely the type to feel guilty whether he did or not. Yeah, he beats himself up a lot. I think that's one thing that will always really break Batman super hard is like when he breaks his sacred rule. Mm. And you know, let he someone die. Has to. Um so here we are, home stretch folks. If you are still listening, you are handsome and you have a good attention span and comprehension. Alright, good for you. Yeah. Good oh. stuff, buddy. Yeah. <coughs> Especially with us being all sick and sad and horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but we're nearly done. Um, yep, if you're listening, good on you. I like your shoes and I like what you've been doing with your hair recently. It's pretty cool. Alright, book four, combat. Here we go. About a week has passed. I assume Bruce has mostly just been coming off the drugs and healing from injuries and having spooky nightmares about his parents <laughs> crawling out of his graves just to be disappointed in him for being a big pussy. Boy. Typical parents, am I right? Oh, you bet you did. Um, but he's ready to return with a vengeance. I like Alfred here. Um, there's, a, there's a good moment where he's got his hand on Bruce's shoulder and he's like, it's going to be all right. You are the Batman. You know, like, Alfred can be a sassy dude and sometimes an asshole, but he knows when to drop it and support this dude. And I fucking love that. That's that's perfect. 
Everybody's really written well here. It's not often I go, Jason Todd, Robin, fucking cheers to you, mate. Yeah. You know, normally he's just a prick the whole time. Um, but how's Batman doing, do you ask? How's Batman doing? I mean, Gotham. How's Gotham City doing? How's Gotham doing? Ah, well, the answer is uh, bad. <laughs> uh, the people who didn't evacuate when they could have have either become slave labor or are currently hanging from stray lights. Again, um, just Bernie writes and killing it on the fucking art. It's a tiny postage stamp of a panel, but those dead bodies are so well done. Like the reminiscent, like the realism of it is very reminiscent of like those dudes during the Mexican drug wars a couple of years ago. Like it's, he hit the nail on the head with his art. He did really fucking well. Um, we're obviously reaching the big finale here. As Batman and Robin train, they suit up in a way that isn't as gay as the um, Michael Schumacher versions of them suiting up. There's not a lot of dick close-ups or nipples. Um, meanwhile, the underworld has uh, really reached the death cult status, you know, killing people, trying to escape, killing over just small rules. Like, they'll, they'll kill people out on curfew at this point. Like, they're running out of people to, you know, vilify and destroy. Um, Deacon's talking about becoming a martyr while his main disciples are eager awaiting his death so they can move into the power once he's gone because he's like you have to go down before you are proven wrong <coughs> that, make, that makes your your religion everlasting and everyone around him's like I can't wait for him to kill himself we're just going to control Gotham Ooh. fuck him sure. we're not going to follow his teachings we're just going to run this place ourselves <laughs> um, it's good I like that. Um, yeah, before all all this starts to peak, um, Batman takes a moment to visit Gordon in hospital, which I like. It's a nice quiet moment before the storm. Um, as three men stay at their posts of Goth, um, right. as three men stay at their posts on one of Gotham's bridges, there is a light in the darkness, slowly growing brighter as the ground begins to rumble at their feet. The true light of salvation and justice approaches them, and it's the biggest fucking Batmobile in history. It's like a monster truck. It fucking is. It's a big monster <laughs> truck. Loaded with machine guns, fitted for tranquilizers and rockets to clear buildings out of the way. A two-man war on crime rolls into Gotham to stop this madness. Oh, Robin's in a bubble. <coughs> and I fucking love it. A yeah. bubble? Look at this bubble. It's in the middle of that. Yeah. Yep. Bubble. <coughs> bubble boy. Batman joins. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good fat set of pages as Batman and Robin cruise along in the Batmobile. We see the guilt and horror that Batman feels in his very soul when he can't save everyone. It's it's tragic, but it also might be my favorite representation of the role of Robin. Like he's checking on Batman, he cares, he's a shoulder to lean on. It's good shit. He is as compassionate as he is competent in this. Um. Yeah, we, we see a woman, like, dragged away and killed, and you just see Batman's, like, heart fucking break. Because he, if he gets out of the Batmobile at this point, he's already dead, and there's nothing he can do about it. It's very sad. Um, unfortunately, Robin cops a bullet in the leg and gets grounded before they reach Blackfire, though. So it ends up just being one-on-one, as you kind of imagine. Batman joins the Deacon, who is waiting for him in a big battle arena. Um, Batman's standing there with, with a gun he took from the bum that got Robin, and he doesn't fucking fire it, guys, because this is Batman. No matter the fear, no matter the pain, no matter how much someone fucking deserves it, no one dies. He's a good boy. 
He wouldn't do that. Um, Blackfire and the Dark Knight tussle a little, and Batman gets a knife. Deacon wants a quick death here. Um, the only way for a cult leader, cult leader to um, stay on top is to go out in some brave spiritual way. Like, all my work isn't done and I'll continue uh, to our heaven and prepare for my flock and all that bullshit. You know how they are. Um, but Batman won't give him that satisfaction and just pummels him until he cries and begs for mercy. Like a fucking mortal like the rest of us. Um, he, yeah, he begs for mercy like the hundreds of people he's hurt. And it's a cool scene. Yeah, it's cool to watch um, his fucking glory just wash off the face of his congregation. He's done. Um, it, I kind of remember the mud fight in Dark Knight Returns, like the Mutant King. Fuck that compared to this. This is great. Oh, yeah. The people watching climb into the pit, not to help Joseph Blackfire, but to rip him to shreds for what he's fucking done to them and their family and their friends. Let's see his ass, boys! Yep, and there's nothing Batman and Robin can do to stop them because it is literally every person left in Gotham is just tearing chunks off this fucking guy. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, it's all over. Gotham City starts to get back to normal. Some people return. The ones who showed up to follow Deacon's message have gone back to where they came from. Everything is as it should be. A great miniseries needs a good beat to end on, though. And this is a great one. Um, Batman narrates a bit to himself thinking about the shit that went down as he carries a jerry can into the sewers of Gotham. He pours its contents over the totem and proceeds to torch it down to ashes. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. What, like with the big penny and shit? Yep. I think it might scare him a little, honestly. No, he could use it as a urinal so that he feels better over time. So he says, this isn't bad, this is funny. This, this is, is my pee totem. This is my pee totem. It's like in that um that game, the the death totems, you know that game. Until dawn. Until dawn, but you pee on them. Oh, okay. Do you get them? <coughs> Overall, what do you guys think of the uh the story? Uh it's it's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. I like it more than I like pee totems. So I like it more than bean. That's probably the most underrated Batman book I know. That's why I wanted to cover it, and I wanted to give it two episodes because it is criminally underrated. Yeah. Where would you put it? Like, where would you put it on the scale? Of everything overrated. Of all the Batman stories. Oh, probably. Because you know how like everyone's like read Batman Year One and read (laughs) Dark Knight Returns, and then they'll name like four others. Probably wouldn't be in my top five, but it'd be like six or seven. Yeah, okay, in the top that ten. If, if you said what is underrated, it would be this any day of the week. Yeah. Very good, I agree with that. That's pretty much what I was thinking. Like, it's one of the best ones, but no one seems to notice it. Hmm. I hadn't heard of it until you said, we'll do this. The only thing I heard of from it was, like, was in one of the games. Oh, Cotton Mice. Yeah. Oh, do you want to talk about that? Because he's a villain in it. Yeah, it's like right at the end. And it is like, it should have been longer. This is like another reason that this is underrated because it goes for like four minutes. Um, Jack talks about it a lot, but you don't actually get anything until you actually go beat up the homeless people and the deacon. See, I don't want to go back and get to that point again, but if you watch the cutscenes, um... Ryder, Jack Ryder, he's listening to audio tapes, and it's like a Deacon sermon. 
Yeah. But I have to, I'd have to go back and like listen to I it. I like the look of the Deacon a lot more in Arkham Knight. He, he looks like, like one of the homeless dudes he talks to. No, he, like, it's his belly. Oh yeah, he's a total bum in that one. really intimidating compared to this guy that looks like trustworthy, and I know one makes more sense in a cult aspect, but the other one is kind of like a little spooky. He looks bad. Mm. I'm having a look around online, and I don't think this has even been made into a trade before. That's dumb. I agree. That's lame. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts before we move on? They should make it into a trade so that people like me and me can finally own it. Yeah, this is, these are all um my old ones. Like I said in the first issue, they smell old and they are fucking old. And they taste old. I would not want to lick them. They smell, they smell like burnt cigars. You ever licked the inside of a cigar? You ever licked the inside of an arse? No. Alright, well there you go. Because I don't live in a country. Oh. Okay, cool. So you guys want to move on to homework a bit? Okay. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work now, though. Oh, we were going to do some hypotheticals. We're going to have Kaya. Well, we'll just have to ask the person to our left. Okay, I have one for you. You're stuck on the inside of an hourglass. Uh-huh. But, like, you're in the middle, so that, like, the squeezy top bit. half is in the top half. Mm-hmm. Like the bottom half of your body's in the bottom am half. Am I getting like crushed around the belly or am I touching the ground on each end? Like how wide are we talking? Oh, it's just enough for your belly in the middle. Like okay. you can't really move. Okay. Um, you can either drown or get your balls real sandy. Which one do you choose? Like what way do you tip? Hmm. You're going to drown sand or have sandy balls. How big is it? It's like the size of your body. It's like you in it, you can't really move. Well, maybe have a. Oh, God. You're dead either way. No, you Either the breathe. blood rushes to your head. No, that doesn't happen. If it was any bigger, then your legs would just get like crushed under the weight of the sand. Or you could just drown in sand. No, How long do I have to be in there? Am I in there forever? You're not gonna die. Oh. Unless you're drowning. Well, then I'll just get sandy balls. Yeah, but then you're going to get sand down your dick hole and you die a slow, painful death. You failed. Oh, I got sand yeast infection. Yeah, you lost. I guess I lost. Oh. All right, Meg, what kind of fruit do you like? Strawberries. I don't know, you need one that you can peel. You can peel strawberries if you try. Okay. Did I win? Yes. Yes! (laughs) All right, you know that little hollow bit in the strawberry? Underneath the leaf, yeah. There's a little bit. You bite into a strawberry, and out of there plops two tiny versions of y- of you, and one of uh, one of white collar Wait, here. Two of Megan, one of me. No, no, one of each. Yeah, there's two, there's two people. Two beautiful baby boys. Yep. Two tiny versions of you, and they go. Oh, we can't survive outside of the strawberry. What, what have you done? But you've already opened it. You bit into it. It's gone. Are you just gonna cut a strawberry, put them in, and like sticky tape it back together? Oh, I kind of like that. That's good. I like how you helped me solve that. Well, my question was either do you like crush them or do you sit with them until they die? And then I was gonna make it take like really long and be awkward. But I like the idea of Frankenstein in a strawberry together. That's pretty fun. I want to have a fist before you finish the sentence. <laughs> You've already killed them. Because yeah, I'll be like, ew. Why am I so small in the fruit? Why am I in the fruit? Yeah. You'd, you'd let out a short squeal and go swoop. I'd go, 
Okay. Yeah, we'll make cut mine pretty short. Go. Um, you got one? You got one for me. Okay. Um, uh, you're walking in the forest. Alright? You're in the forest. And yes. you answer it and she says, What are you doing, my daughter? <laughs> and you, you find a suitcase. It has, um, it has something in it. What, what's in it, Trey? Is it mine or did I find it? No, you found it. Yeah, but was it mine? It wasn't yours. It's just this random suitcase. How clean is it? I'll often walk past one that's like filthy. Um, no, it's pretty clean. Wait, so I've opened it up. No, yeah, well, are you you're gonna? looking at it. Yeah. And are you going to open it up? Yep. Alright, what's in it? Um, what? <laughs> this is bad hypothetical. What do you think happened? I would probably like open it with my shirt in case it's like a crime scene. In case of a spider. Fingerprints on it. Um, but it's probably full of beans. Like someone just emptied like 40 baked beets into the suitcase. No one except you would do that. <laughs> yeah, what? What happens? So, the, the beans are in there. And they start... Okay. <laughs> they start moving. And they make a face. Whose face is it? Well, like each individual <laughs> bean grows a face? No, the whole thing. Of the 40 it, beans. it turns <laughs> into a big picture of a face, like soup who's, opera. Whose face is it? Um, yours. Oh, it's so mine. Okay. I like that so she's making you do all the work in this hypothetical. What's in the suitcase? What does it do? What happens? It's your face. My face appears to you, and as I beans, boy, you lost. There it is, Trey, you lost. You've been everlasting beans. That doesn't sound like I lost. To be <laughs> I don't know what happened. Shut up, Toby. It started with you walking in the forest and you found a black suitcase inside that holds one million dollars and a piece of paper stained, yeah, stained in blood with a single word, don't. That's not what happened in your I story. <laughs> I'd probably give it to someone else for a laugh. Would you take the suitcase home or leave it? No, I'd, I'd yell out, Oi, boys! There's all this money here. You can have it. <laughs> what, what, what happens to the boys? Well, I don't know. I guess they're going to die. Yeah, they got cursed. They got blood? Don't curse. Don't blood curse. Okay. Don't get the don't blood curse. Don't. Unless you're going to hop it. Don't. Huff <laughs> curse. Yeah. Blood curse. Don't. Don't do it. You could. No. Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that rounds up the the sickest, saddest episode of the podcast we'll probably do for I a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> See, there it is. Oh, um, We've been living in the sewer for four weeks, following the teachings of a wise, powerful man, but we don't seem to be getting any healthier. Hey, I'm just Shut up. Alright, well, sorry about that. That was the School for Wayward Nerds. I've been Toby DePaula. I've been uh, producing. So. I've been sick. Yep, sick old cola. Sick old cola, boy. Would you drink sick cola? It, does it literally just say sick cola inside of it? Yeah, does it look like, radical or is it like gross? Green, Are we talking sick like yeah? Or like sick like... <coughs> sick like... Neon green's kind of like... Boogers. But also like monster. Yeah, if it's like a fucking mountain to equivalent, then yes. 
on the packaging. I don't want it to glow in the dark. That's what it looks so like when you use Hank's head. Oh, yeah. Um, and the yeah, I'd probably drink it because I was like, it's called Sick Cola and it has twice the sugar as Coca Cola. <laughs> Would you try it? Yeah, I'd try it. It's like a weird yellow color. Yeah. Yellow Cola. I don't want it if it's called yellow cola. No, that's, that's my tap out right there. <laughs> if it's clearly green but called yellow cola, I don't like it anymore. It's the same thing, but it is white cola. This is where the name came from. Like, you pour this can of the cola into story. a glass and it looks exactly like milk. Do you still try it? Maybe. Because there was a white out Mountain Dew for a while. That too No, but it's clear. pure white as, as a thickness to it. <laughs> Like, no, no one is thick. Like I tap. Milk. I tap out when it's cold yellow, despite not being no, yellow, and I tap out when it's thick. If you poured like coke no, milk in a glass, milk has like that different sort of texture to it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I'm not a fan. To be you know honest. But you drank the, you know the jelly cola? drink. Oh yeah, in our future armor episode. Yeah, Spoiler so alert! Cool. That got me sick. Oh, not this sick, a different sick. Spoiler alert! I go into bed. Oh, good night, everybody. Oh, Best of luck to you. Yep, thanks, thanks to Megan Chikatilo and White Collar for coming out despite everything to be here. It's good. And thanks to you, the listener. Goodbye. You are at the wars, Toby. I'm at the wars, and they took my eyes and they put them back in backwards. Now I can see my own fucking eyes. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, decipher and encrypt. I can't, my eyes is backwards. <laughs> Class dismissed, Eric. Class dismissed, please. Hey, Meg, here's a hypothetical for you. Don't give me the face. I put an endpoint in your butt and I take the car keys and I go home and hang out with my dog. Okay. Don't hit me in the face. No, yeah. There it is, everybody. Don't do it. Would you rather be deaf or blind? Yes. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone.